Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Spotlight Underground. I am one of your hosts all the way live from Los Angeles. It is me, Kente, and I am joined by these two lovely ladies. I'm going to start off with the one and only Janelle. How are you doing, Janelle? I'm doing well. What about you, Kente? I'm doing great. I had a wonderful day, and I'm glad to get back at it. So uh, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here with you and Lauren. Yes, yes, yes. And also joining us is Lauren. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for having me on the show today. Yes. And, um, of course, we always like participation. There's many ways to do that. You can do it via uh, being, excuse me, you can do it uh, by going to the website. And the website is indyradio.org. That's indyradio.org. Or you can call in. The number is 323-522-4601. All right. So I thought last week we had such a wonderful uh, discussion. And, you know, we got to a lot of different topics. And I thought that everything was uh pretty good and i just wanted to i thought it'd be great to build on it and we have some really interesting topics today to get to and i'm going to kind of go to lauren um what's the uh first topic that we're going to um, talk about tonight the first topic that we will be discussing today is we want to know the porn enhance your sexual activity? What does porn do for you? Now, statistics say that 38% of people say that they watch porn as a distraction, and 48, I'm sorry, 43% because they can fantasize about things that they wouldn't necessarily want to do in real life. So, what do you guys feel about that? Hmm. Uh, Janelle, you want to take this first? Yes, I mean, for me, I think that, you know, (laughs) porn is definitely um, fantasy-driven. You know, most of it is fantasy. Most of it is things that um, we like to, like, all of a sudden, you know, sometimes we don't even know it's a fantasy for us until we see it on the porn, until we see it on the porn. And then it becomes like like a, wow, like a... Uh, something that's just very fascinating to you, and you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but is it most of the time something you want to do in your own personal life? Not really. And then there are some people who do take their fantasy-driven um, porn lust <laughs> into their relationship and want to try what they've seen. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's, you know, on both sides of that uh, conversation that it could either be just something that you want to just look at but not ever do in your own life, and then sometimes it does make you want to try it in your own life to spice up your relationship. Absolutely. You know, you bring up a very interesting point. I often have said that I feel like we live in a porn society. And what I mean by that is, in a lot of ways, uh, the adult film industry has changed the way that I think we have sex with our mates. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying that some of the things that we see in adult films are new and that, you know, no one ever did it before adult films. But I think the greater appetite for some of these uh, different things have definitely come because of uh, pornography. And so 
I think a lot of the reasons, ladies, why your man wants to do certain things is because he's seen it in adult films. And if you think about it, this is actually kind of scary if you think about this. How many men out there, the first real um, the first real thing that they ever seen when it comes to sex was in a, por- in a porno film? I mean, I wonder what the percentage is on that is how many men, the first thing they've ever seen about sex was in a porn film. And the reason why that's scary, because I think we all know that, you know, pornography is not necessarily real sex between, you know, two people. It's a it's a fantasy version. It's a heightened version. So if you're a kid or young male and this is what you see. You know, it's definitely going to affect what you want to do when you get to a point when you are ready to become sexually active. So uh, I was wondering, uh, Lauren, what do you think about that? About not just young men, but young men and women. That's their first, um, the first thing that they are kind of seen with sex uh, sometimes is porn. Um, well... I do agree that that is most likely the first introduction into the intimate world is pornography. It was actually mine as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, me personally, I do watch porn. I do. I love it. I'm sorry, but I I just love it. (laughs) And not only... It's, it's entertainment for me because I get to learn new things. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, oh, how did she do that? And, you know, it's just a lot of questions and a lot of intrigue about it. And I have applied it to my own personal sexual life before, but it's not something that I look forward to to be like, okay, well, let me look this up so I can find out how to do this, that, and the third. So. That's just my own personal opinion. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Is that the same for you, Janelle? Like some of the first, you know, instances of sex you you came across was pornography. Absolutely. Um, I'm almost ashamed to tell you all how young I was. <laughs> Pretty young, and that was my first like experience and exposure to sex was through pornography, different forms of pornography. I'm talking about videos. Uh, yes, we're talking about VHS. <laughs> yeah, I'm that old. VHS, that's right. I'm that old, and, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? And um, also pictures. And Because um, um, <laughs> my mother, you know, was a aficionado. I'm telling all her business right now, but Ooh. who else am I going to get it from? <laughs> so, yeah, but... I would look at different things in picture form and catalogs and, you know, Adam and Eve and Leisure Time products. Oh, yeah, I'm going way back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would look at... <laughs> yeah, I'm going way back. So, some of you people are listening to probably like, what? What's that? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was my first real exposure to it. And, yes, I was in the single digits. I don't know if I was in the single digits when I... I was exposed to this kind of stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah, and it did, like, drive a certain kind of mental about sex for me beyond that time. So, yeah, it, it, I think a lot of people's first exposure with sex is pornography in some capacity. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I just want to piggyback off of what Janelle said. My introduction to pornography, it was uh, it was actually by mistake. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a small story. I was home sick from school, and I wanted to watch Hercules. <laughs> and my mom, you know, she accidentally recorded over my, my Hercules tape. And I'm sitting there crying, trying to call my mom, saying, Mom, this is a Hercules. And she was like, just watch the video, because I've been bugging her all day. I was sick. And I'm trying to tell her, I thought they was crying. That's how young I was. I didn't know anything about sex. I'm like, Mom, these people are crying. I don't know what this is. This is not my Hercules tape. And she was just like, just watch it. I'll be there in a minute. So I just started watching it, and I'm just like, I'm a little kid, and I mean, I've heard about sex, but I've never actually seen sex. I've never actually been involved in sex. So I was just like, wow, people really do this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> now, now she, and, she forgot, right? Yeah, she, she, didn't know, she didn't know that she had recorded over my Okay, I, you, yeah, I wanted to clarify that. Yeah, I want to clarify that, because yeah, I don't want she, people thinking... Yeah that, you know, she was telling you to watch porn. <laughs> no, 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 no. She was telling me to watch my Hercules tape. She hadn't realized that she had accidentally recorded over my Hercules tape. And, you know, just to clarify things, once my mom found out what it was, you know, she stopped me from watching it. She tried to explain to me a little bit, but not too much. And then she did apologize, but it was completely accidental, guys. Oh wow! It was Hercules, all right. Can I also can I also can I also express my mother did not you know purposely set out to you know expose me to those things. Let me just say that too. <laughs> it was a sneaky Janelle. I'm a, look. I'm a creep. I'm a sneaky. <laughs> I was a sneaker. So yeah, <laughs> I snuck. <laughs> she thought she was hiding it, but not so well. <laughs> I snuck and got it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Now. I've heard that there are instances of sex therapists that they'll use pornography or they'll even suggest pornography to couples as a way of rekindling some intimacy. And, you know, I think if the intimacy in a relationship is not there, I have a hard time finding porn as a solution to it. I mean, it's one thing if everything is going well within the relationship. But I don't, I mean, I don't know about adult films uh, enhancing a relationship that's already fractured. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you ladies think about that? Well, me personally, I do agree with you, Kinsey. I feel like if, if the relationship is already in shambles, I don't think sex is just the problem. I don't think porn is you know, a solution. a solution to it because sometimes it's, it's, it's a matter of one spouse just not being attracted anymore or one spouse uh, wanting to do something wild and exotic and the other one just not willing to do it. So sometimes, you know, I don't think porn is, is the answer either, although it's an, it's an awesome alternative, but not when it's already in shambles, not when it's already like, you know, two inches away from too late. Mm. 
So, but I also think that if things are going well and you just want to add a little freakiness to the situation, it can't hurt, right, Janelle? Absolutely, I believe. Excuse me, I believe that um, porn is definitely an enhancer for a healthy and right relationship. I totally agree with both of your assessments on the fact that um, pornography is not a solution to an already uh, frayed or, um, you know, uh, discord in a relationship. Um, because the and look, I'm look, I'm in look, I'm in school right now. I'm, I'm a psychology major, <laughs> mm. so I think that you know that's and actually one of the things I want to do in my psychology uh, career is to counsel marriage marriages, and you know, sex therapy may be a part of it. Hopefully, it will be. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Hopefully, it will be. <laughs> just gonna be real talk. <laughs> that's one of the things I I know. <laughs> So, based on that, but but will I will I will I lead with that? Absolutely not. Will that be something that I would go to as a like a, a homework assignment after you deal with the other parts of your situation? Absolutely, it will definitely be something right. I will refer to you once you have repaired the other damage that's in your relationship because you should you should not deflect. I think that would be a huge deflection. And I think that it would just um, make matters either awkward or worse. And, you know, we need to deal with the, the matters that are causing the discord and, um, you know, whether it's financial issues or kid issues or, or as you said, attraction issues or, you know, just falling out of love with the person. Let's deal with those issues first and tackle them head on. And then the poor right. can be your subset. After you do your work. And y'all fall in love again. Y'all want that spice back? Then let's go on time then, you know? So absolutely, I agree with both of you on that. You know, um, another thing I, w- I would like to ask, too, is, is there such thing, and I, I can imagine what your answer is going to be, and we'll probably be in agreement, but is there such thing as watching too much porn, um, even within a relationship? Um, and what is that? What is too much? <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. I I love this question. I love this question. Me, personally, I feel you can never watch too much porn. I don't believe there's there's such thing as too much porn. I mean, I can watch porn as if I'm watching a regular movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hercules. It's it's very entertaining. Well, for me, I don't, I mean, for me, look. As much as I enjoy porn every now and then, <laughs> I I think that it can become too much if, if the person has become desensitized to it. I think that sometimes if you're desensitized, like, you know, just like you can be desensitized to violence, I think you can be desensitized to too much sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never want it to be a, a situation where I'm looking at porn and I'm not turned on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just uh, something I'm doing just for sport. And it's not something I'm doing for enjoyment and pleasure and, and bringing pleasure to myself. Sometimes it can be an addiction. It's not as pleasurable as it once was. You know, so anything can be an addiction and it can be too much and it can get to an extreme where it can be more harmful than beneficial. So in that regard, I do think it can be too much. But for most people that don't have that porn addiction in that regard, 
don't think it's horrible at all. I think it's really fun. <laughs> Especially when you have someone to watch it with. That's even fun. That's even more fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, you know. I'm just trying well, No, I'm sorry. I understand your point of view, but I'm just going to have to respectfully disagree with you <laughs> <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> because, as I said, I mean, I don't look at myself as a sex addict or a porn addict. I just like to watch it. I mean, porn is actually, um, and I don't know how many people can agree with me, but porn is actually uh, a way that I have learned a lot about sex. I mean, I've never really had that, you know, parental sex talk or I didn't even have sex ed in school. So I had a lot of questions and being that I started watching porn so early, it was a way for me to learn because I watch it and then I have questions and instead of asking somebody else about it, I would research it. I would look it up. So, so are- and I still do that to this day. So are you basically saying that Mr. Marcus taught you the birds and the bees? (laughs) (laughs) I I guess you could say that. (laughs) I'd be like, Mommy, when you have a kid, Mommy, who taught you the birds and the bees? Uh, Mr. Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) And And look, and look, don't forget. Just like Mr. Rogers, Mr. Marcus's neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. All right, so um, th- there's one more uh, thing I'd like to get to when it comes to uh, um, pornography and the way that it may or may not um, enhance a relationship. Um, I think that one thing that I think happens with porn and I kind of touched on it a little bit is it porn does definitely change the viewer's taste and let, let's start about the viewing taste of the uh, the person watching it what you know I, I don't have a study in front of me but from what I what I've read before is that the person at first just wants to see regular you know one-on-one action right between a man and a woman and then what happens is the, they get, you know, tired of that. And then they want to see something wilder and wilder and wilder. And next thing you know, you know, they're into some stuff that they got to kind of put their head down when they, you know, when they go up there to rent it or to buy it or whatever. And that has to bleed through to the bedroom, right? Like, I, you know, I just feel like if you are ingesting this, you know, there's no way that it's just you're just leaving it on the screen, right? I, I I believe that it's creeping into your own bedroom. So even if you don't like porn, chances are your mate likes it, and you know that porn is definitely affecting your love life one way or the other because I think it changes the taste of the people that that view it. So my my question to you, ladies, is are are there some places? where maybe if you didn't see it in an adult film, you are willing to go to that, you know, once you've seen it in an adult film, you're like, you know what? I might have to incorporate that in my own life. I 
Absolutely. Well, I think that I think that for me, um, there are some things that I've been exposed to in pornography that make me curious enough to want to try it in my own life. Um, now, I mean, obviously, that's not. I, I don't think that's always the case, one hundred percent of the time. But I think probably the vast majority of us, when they when we see something on it, we want to try it. And I know me personally, you know, I, you know, between what I saw in porn and then things that I experienced in my own, own sexual life with my partners, um, you know, it made me like open to try different things that might have been considered taboo or risky or whatever else have you. So I, I totally think that it does translate over into our personal sex lives when we watch certain things on porn outside of just regular heterosexual sex. Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, you started to say something, Lauren? Yeah, um, I, I do completely agree. Um, I, I've already expressed that, you know, there were some things that I have watched in a porn that I wanted to incorporate into my sex life. And I've actually, you know, met people who, you know, I'm like, well, whoa, where did you learn that? And I'm like, oh, I saw it in the video. So sometimes <laughs> it's a good thing, sometimes it's not so good, especially if, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. But, I mean, it's a way to enhance your sex life. It's a way to, like I said, I learned from porn. So it's a way to learn new things, new tricks. and But you also have to incorporate that with what you know your partner likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they may not be ready for... Uh... <laughs> Which you've uh, are ready to put on them, so you yeah, <laughs> right. That's for sure. So, all right. So um, now we have many more topics uh, for tonight. But I was wondering, were there any any other facts that you wanted to uh, get in about this topic before we move on? No, okay. I don't. No, I think we covered a lot. We have covered a lot of ground, so no, I'm I'm good. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, so Lauren, so uh, what, what's next? Well, I would like. I'm curious as to what attracts you know you to a male or a female, and to answer my own question, what we kind of spoke on this the last episode, but you know what really attracts me to a man is not necessarily look it's personality the way you approach me the way you carry yourself um a respect level has to be there and good hygiene is a must because you can have a lot of great attributes about yourself and you know your breath stinks or you have body odor and it it would completely you know seal the deal as to i don't want to deal with that person um also, like I said, another big factor for me is seeing a man respect his female figures in his life. Um, if you do not respect your mother or your sisters or aunts or whatever, that's the foundation. That's where it all starts. And if you can't respect them, then I know that there's going to be an issue with your respect level for me. Um I think, you know, that if you have good looks, then that's just a plus, you know, but that's not something I automatically go for. Hmm. 
Uh, Janelle, you want to go or you want me to? Um, oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with Lauren on a lot of what she just said. Um, except the, for me, looks do play, I wouldn't say the most important role, but they do play a factor in it. And I, I'm, but when I say look, I do. I mean the whole package as well. Like you said, grooming is a part for me. Um, uh, and like you said, hygiene, all those things for me play to look. <laughs> if you look, if you look good but you stink, yeah, you, yeah, that's a, that, that that's not a great combination. <laughs> you know, right. look, I'm of the mindset, and 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 I'm not speaking on something that I don't do in my own life. Look, this is what I say about myself in terms of my attractability factor, right? I say, look, I am a treat for all five senses for a man. <laughs> <laughs> I look good. I smell good. I taste good. I smell good. And I'm right now. <laughs> I'm a treat for all five senses, baby. I'm, a, I'm the total package when it comes to that. <laughs> So yeah, mm-hmm. that that is real tall. <laughs> so I feel like if you're not, you have to present yourself as the whole total package, or if there may be something that that you're you're lacking for attractability purposes. Absolutely, and if it is the way, also the way you carry yourself too, because if you carry yourself with less confidence, and that can come off, and that can definitely read in your energy and the way you walk, the way you look, the way you, you know, smile, not smile, whatever, anything. Just the way you present yourself in public can also determine how attractive attractive you are to others. So I think that that definitely plays a huge part in not only being able to even approach a person or have them approach you, to you know, take that and carry that kind of attraction over to an intimate moment as well. Hmm. Well, um for me, uh, one of the most important things is definitely compatibility. It has to be somebody. And the funny thing is with me, I don't want someone who is exactly the same as me because that'd be boring, right? And uh, I don't think I would want to date myself. As, as, as awesome as I am, I don't think I would want that. Uh, so <laughs> so I would say compatibility. Someone that, we, like I said, we don't have to be the same but we have to be able to enjoy being in the same space with each other. I think that's very important. Uh, also, I like someone who's intelligent, someone who is witty, who's smart, who, you know, I, I, is a, a phrase I like to use all the time, is it, uh, who is a, um, who has intellectual curiosity, meaning if they don't know, they want to know. You know, one thing I hate is when a person you know, you tell them about something and if, and they don't know it. And the first thing out of their mouth is, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just hate that. You know, I like someone who maybe yeah. if you tell them something they don't know, then the next thing they're like, well, you know what? I want to look that up. I want to, you know, like they want to see for, for themselves or see what it is. I like that because that shows that, you know, and there's some things you just may not just care about. That's fine. But I like the idea of someone who's always looking to learn and want to, you know, add more knowledge in their memory's hard drive, you know? I mean, their brain's hard drive. So I think that's very important. Of course, you, you want someone that you're attracted to. Uh, you know, you can't get around that. But also, someone that when I close my eyes, I can see them as my life's partner. I think that's so important. Someone that, you know, I, I know that 
the kids wouldn't starve if I wasn't around, you know, for whatever reason that, you know, not a McDonald's mom or, uh, you know, or someone who, if they help them with their homework, they won't get F's, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I like someone who's, you know, who is smart, who, who can help the kids with their homework because, you know, I don't know about that new math, so she's going to have to definitely know. <laughs> all of that stuff but um you know <laughs> those things are you know are very important and so my thing is i think now at this stage of my life i don't think that i i think maybe i was more picky when i was younger and i'm less picky now about things that i i don't feel like matters as much so you know like you have to. I think you just have to decide what's important to you. What are the things that you can't live and live without? And then, you know, um, I think that decides or determines uh, what kind of mate that you're going to have. And, you know, so that's why I think it's really important that you have to decide what is important to you. So being that we've discussed the things that attract us, I think a good question is what about what about you we'll start off with Janelle what about you do you think is attractive to someone else or or maybe I should say more so if someone gets you what are they getting oh okay I'm sorry we lost Janelle <laughs> my bad uh technical difficulty um let me see if i can uh get her back you know i swear right um so lauren i'm gonna ask you that question if somebody gets you what do they get well if someone gets me what they're getting is i'm not i'm not the smartest you know person but I do know a lot, and like you said, if there's something that I don't know, I'm not going to completely dismiss it, even if it's something, like, I don't completely agree with or something that I don't believe. Like, I actually, you know, listened to a friend of mine tell me about how she believes in aliens. Now, that's not something that I, you know, really believe in, but it's something that I was looking forward to hearing about and, you know, researching myself. Um, you're going to get a gorgeous person, you're going to get someone with a good personality, someone who can not only talk, but can also listen, someone who is very um, domesticated. Um, I'm, I'm the type where I'm all in or I'm all out, and I, I, I tend to give my all, you know, so, you know, when Janelle said, you know, she's a total package, I, I completely, I mean, what woman doesn't want to think that she's the complete package? I, you know, believe that I'm the complete package. I mean, I'm gorgeous. I'm smart. I'm, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm domesticated. I have a lot of good attributes about myself. And <laughs> I completely agree with the fact that I am the total package. And, you know, good and fair and I you know willing to learn new things willing to teach things and I'm a great cat <laughs> mm -hmm. 
All right, let's see. Janelle, do we have you back? I'm back. Okay, all right. Yay. I, I, I set you up so brilliantly, and then we, and right as we went to you, it was like, it was like, uh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you got to love live radio. So uh, the question is, it when someone gets you, what do they get? When someone gets me, they get a person that's very dynamic. Um, in fact, I just learned in my, my, my new college course that I'm a dynamic learner. <laughs> you know, so it's like, for me, that's what I bring to the table. You know, a dynamic personality, um, a, a thirst for knowledge, um, um, a person that, you know, of a... A, a, a way I just want to be able to still keep growing. You know, I don't want to stop growing. I'm always trying to learn and become better and better at anything I do or try in life. You know, I'm always looking to learn and to be taught. Um, because, you know, because I was told once, if you're not growing, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. I always want to be growing. <laughs> and um, what they also get is a person that you know, has a really wide range of sense of humor. <laughs> I I love to laugh. I love to make other people laugh. You know, I really get um, I get a really sense I get a really great sense of um, fulfillment from making other people laugh, enjoy life. You know, have a good time, whatever that's like. I love to cook, <laughs> so you're getting a great cook. Um, I uh, yeah, I also, think I can add that one. What'd you say? You, you, oh, you, uh, you haven't even added that, that one. I'm a great cook. Girl, I'm actually yes. a culinary major. <laughs> oh, are you a culinary major? Yes, I am a culinary major, guys. So if you catch me, you're catching a great cook. <laughs> my grandparents Absolutely. always told me, uh, one way to a man's heart is to his stomach. <laughs> Amen, right? Oh, oh, I'm a firm believer in that, honey. Absolutely. I don't care. Look, I don't care about these new school feminists. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> Please believe it. Amen. And I definitely know how to conquer that thing. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, know so, yeah, I take a lot of pride in that. Now, you know, I take a lot of pride in being able to cook a good meal. And, um, you know, whether it's from scratch or, you know, it might be a little shortcut. I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, and I also think bring, I think I bring to the table um, a certain level of compassion, a certain level of humility, um, a certain level of conflict resolution. You know, I desire to look. I, I know how to talk things through. Um, and I think that, again, some people get it twisted to think that talking things through means you have to argue. No. I'm, I'm always looking to communicate in you know in a in a very respectful manner, not to deflect with angry words, but to get to the heart of the matter and to be able to resolve the conflict, so, you know, successfully so and quickly so. Um, I also bring um, a certain passion to the table. Um, I'm passionate about life. I'm passionate about the people I love. I'm passionate about um, the things that you know matter to me. So. I definitely, you know, I, I'm not a person that says, oh, like, like can't they say earlier, person say, oh, I don't care about that. I care about a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm very passionate about things and about people. 
And, you know, and, and so, yeah, that's what I bring that kind of exuberant to the table. I'm very affectionate, very um, spontaneous, very romantic, very expressive of myself. Whatever I'm feeling, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm very expressive, a very honest, open person. Um, so, yeah, you are getting a lot. <laughs> mm. I, you know, one thing that I would like to say that when it comes to myself, what you, what a person would get, and you know, as a man, is someone who is definitely some, a person who is a protector, provider, and someone who uh, loyalty is extremely important. I think those factors are extremely important when you are looking for a mate, and those are things that I can, I think I can pride myself on, you know, providing. And, you know, along with intelligence and wit and uh, charm, you know, I can't uh, forget those qualities, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you know, I think the, all of these things are very important and they speak to, you know, what you can provide for your mate. So, and you know, I, I think people always think about the whole attraction thing one-sided. It's always like what this person can do for me. And I think we don't think enough about what we can do for someone else. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I agree with that. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, okay, that's wonderful. You're great. Cool. Awesome. But it's like, all right, what, what do you, what do you bring to the table? What are you, what are some things that, that, um, that person gets when they get you and I think that if we concern ourselves more about what we have to offer I think it'll fix a lot of things that are going wrong because I think when you put your when you make yourself better and make yourself more um, desirable and I'm not talking about just you know fixing up your hair or losing 20 pounds or you know whatever it is that you may do to beautify yourself on the outside but I think if we work on ourselves internally and become better then because if you're all broken down inside you know it's like what can you have theoretically to offer someone else you know do you want right. that I just want to speak on that really quick I'm sorry to interrupt you because I just want to speak on that um, that is 100% right and I let that do experience um, there was a point in my life where it just seemed like, you know, everything was going wrong. I was just a sad, sad person. Um, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And I tried to put on a facade, tried to keep a smile on my face, tried to act like I was okay. And then I was wondering, you know, why does this guy that I like or am attracted to not paying me any attention? And I was having a conversation one day with this one particular guy, and he said, it's not that I'm not attracted to you, it's just that you have some things that you need to fix within you. He said, you're a gorgeous person, you're beautiful, you have great attributes, you're very funny, you know how to hold a conversation, but it's just some things that, he said, I can tell you have bad baggage within you that you're not dealing with. And, you know, that really was a turning point in my life. Not only him telling me that, but you know, somebody that I don't know, somebody that I don't discuss my issues with, somebody that, you know, I'm just meeting. And 
you know, he pinpointed that I had so much stuff going on internally that I needed to deal with, even though externally I was great. But internally, what you go through and how you deal with what you're going through internally has a huge reflection on whatever's going on externally. You can have good hair, you know, get your nails done, your feet done, your hair done, eyebrows done, whatever you ladies want to do or whatever you guys want to do. Haircut, cologne, smelling good, good clothes. But it just seems that that's, there's always somebody that can pinpoint, even if you don't know them, can pinpoint that something's not right about this situation and he or she looks a certain way, you know, they act a certain way, but something's just not right and it goes back to what's going on internally. So I 100% agree with that, Shinde. And, and kudos to yourself for not getting upset when this person told you that, because I think a lot of us, when we hear something like that, I think our, the, you know, the thing that we do is just go, you know, drop, drop, you know, and just get mad and just yeah. want to, but sometimes people will tell you things that are hard to hear, that it cuts like a knife, but it it's what we needed to hear, you know, and and absolutely, it's very and hard. You've been that kind of friend in my life. I, I just want to highlight that on this on this conversation that you know I, I highly highly value. Can say is that kind of friend in my life. He's definitely told me some hard truths about myself in our past that have contributed to a lot of my. Um, my uh, my learning how to deal with my baggage um, in a more constructive way and not just shutting it down because I'm, I'm not going to kid you young Janelle did get defensive <laughs> I think a lot of people in their youth get defensive um, but the older you get and the more you understand that the person that's, especially when it's a person that's in your life that's been in your life for a while like your family or your long term friends you know, they care about you enough to say it, and you have to look at it from that perspective and not take it so personally. Understand that it's a bigger picture to that thing, that they love you and they want to see you be your best self. And so they'll tell you those things. So you can learn to open your mind and learn how to change that certain, you know, constructive criticism about yourself or your personality or the way you talk to people, treat people, etc. So, yeah, I right. think that, you know, Lauren, you did the right thing in that moment, and and not taking it personally, you know, that's a very great quality for a young person to have, so kudos to you for that. Because <laughs> I'm not going to kid you, my young 20s, I was, in my young 20s, I was not doing that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the older I got, the more I learned to be that kind of person. And Kente, I can honestly say that you had a lot to do with that information. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for, uh, for um, you know, just, you know, being such a, a wonderful friend and also, you know, like, I think when you do go to somebody and you do tell them some things, you have to be careful the way you do it. And one thing I never do is do it in front of in front of a bunch of people, because to me, when you do that, it's almost like you're it makes it work. Yeah, and, it, and it makes it seem like you're just trying to say, hey, I'm so smart I know this and that and I'm gonna you know it just comes off like you're just really it's about you when you pull someone to the side and look them in their eye and tell them some things I think that's a lot better because you know you have you know that the person can don't think that you're just flow showing 
You know what I mean? That you right. were actually, you were actually, um, you know, trying to say something to them without, uh, you know, just trying to show off that you know how smart you are. So I think that's very right, important. and that is a major problem with my generation and with the generation after me. It's like people don't show sensitivity when it comes to you know certain subjects and. You know, I hear a lot of females younger than me and my age. Well, if I wasn't her friend, I wouldn't have told her. And da, da, da. Yeah, you can tell her, but it's not your business to tell everybody else. If you're her friend and you care about how she feels and you want to see how he or she, you know, is going to better themselves in that situation, there's just some things that you just, you just, it's personal, you know, and that is a major issue with, a lot of younger people in my age bracket and younger is they don't show that sense of sensitivity when it comes to because it's not easy just coming out and saying oh well you need to work on yourself that's that's a, a very touchy subject and that's that thing right there that's dangerous that's that topic can get dangerous you know depending on how you come off and how they accept it, it goes both ways. Because I've seen, you know, situations, I've actually been in situations where I come off as, you know, sensitive as I can possibly be, and I get snapped on vice versa. Because sometimes, you know, especially if it's something that's kind of new and kind of fresh and you don't really know how to deal with it, I've had people come to me and tell me like, listen girl, you, this, this is what it is and this is what's going on and this is how it's appearing to be and I just completely snap. Not trying to make it seem like I'm this perfect girl who has it all put together. No. Not at all. I have, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress. That's what I like to call myself because I don't know everything. I'm, I'm learning. But if you come at me, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people can agree with me, if you come at me on a, a personal subject and, you know, it's, it's touchy and you feel in your heart, well, you know, she might feel some type of way. I don't, I mean, just be a little sensitive. Have some sensitivity to the subject. Don't just be like, oh, well, girl, your brother died, so you don't know how to treat people or, you know, that 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 can be dangerous for you and for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very well said. Definitely. All right. So, so uh, I guess this is time to get to our main topic. And uh, Lauren, uh, why don't you set it up for us? I'm so excited about this topic. Okay. Now, this next topic is going to get a little personal and it's going to get a little religious. But, you know, whatever you believe in, we do um, we do want you to participate in this um, topic as well. Now, it says, you know, the Bible that, it says in the Bible that only a husband can satisfy his wife. And I do want to quote, it comes from 1 Corinthians um, 7, verse, chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. A husband should satisfy his wife's needs, and a wife should satisfy her husband's needs. 
the wife's body does not belong only to her. It also belongs to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to only him. It also belongs to his wife. You shouldn't stop giving yourselves to each other. You might possibly do this when you both agree to it, and you should only agree to it to give yourself time to pray. Then you should come together again in that way. Satan will not tempt you, and when you can't, I'm sorry, Satan will not tempt you when you cannot control yourself. And um, when it goes back to that topic, I want to know this masturbation, because being that it says only a, a husband can please his wife and a wife can only please her husband, and it also says that, you know, a wife or a husband's body doesn't only belong to them, it belongs to their wife or their husband. Does that make masturbation an abomination? And I want to know how you guys feel about that. <laughs> All right. So, do you want you want first dibs, or do you want me to hop in there? Hello. Um. Yeah. Were you you were saying I, I couldn't hear you? I said, do you want me to take first dibs, or do you do you want to start off? No, just go ahead and start off. All right. Um. Yeah, this is a, a great topic, and uh, I really um, am looking forward to. Uh, hearing your lady's thoughts on it, but, um, okay. If we want to go by the letter of the law, which is the Bible, then it is an abomination. That is a hundred percent true. Right. And so a lot of us like, okay, a lot of us, we like to pick and choose when we want to, like a lot of us who are Christians, right. We like to pick and choose, what we're going to, you know, what really, what verses we're going to really follow and some that we're going to ignore and all of that stuff. And um, I'm sure that's one that a lot of us, <laughs> we act like we can't read when we get there, <laughs> you know. It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, I can't see. I can't see these words, <laughs> you know. But the thing is like this. Uh-oh, uh, we lost uh Lauren, let me get her back. Um, let me make sure she's back before I finish. Uh, huh, huh, huh. There you go, Lauren. You back? Yeah, I'm back. All right. So, um, so going back to what I was saying is, um, yes, it's probably a sin. Yes, I mean, yes, it is a sin, right? But you know, um, it's very much a part of life. It's a very natural thing. If you check out a baby, right? For example, a baby boy. Where does his hand go? When you know when he's laying in the crib, it go right downstairs. And you know, some people say, "Oh, it's because it's warm down there." It's like, yeah. And also, it's because he likes yanking on his crank. So, you know, it's very, very natural. And you have to wonder, too, the Bible was written quite a long time ago and things were different in, you know, and some of the stuff that was written were was for that specific time. So you have to wonder, you know, and the Bible has been changed 
before and things have been put in taken out and all that so maybe it doesn't fit 2017 you know we haven't had a um a council of nicaea <laughs> recently to change the bible to change the bible so uh my thing is it's an abomination my suggestion is after you do it do a couple of hail marys and our fathers and <laughs> say you're sorry and 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 keep it pushing. <laughs> that is too funny. Well, for me, um, I totally, totally agree with everything that Kent they just said. We're on the same page on that note. Obviously, we know that there are things that, you know, in 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 the religious sense of the word, and especially Christianity, that you know, that God definitely has put in the word that we are not to do and we are not, whether it's expressly said or you have to read through some context to get there, one of the two, but I think mm-hmm. that masturbation is definitely one of those things that we all can understand, look, you're not supposed to do it, that God does find that that's um, a way to court the lust demon, you know, it is. Um, I think we can all agree to that. Um, but like, but, but as Kente said, um, sometimes those are things that just naturally happen to our bodies. They're developing bodies. And right. so with the developmental, you have to think about the developmental thing in that, you know, in the sense that, yes, the more you grow, the more you're going to have certain feelings in your body. That happens naturally, which is why I do think that at some point, God had to add, look, put some, like can't you say, some addendums to the <laughs> Because again, look, yeah, he had to understand, look, with these people, look, I made humans with free will. I know, look, he knew, he knew that. <laughs> he made free, humans with free will. The very first two humans, obviously, you know, took that free will and ran with it. <laughs> they ran with it, let's be honest. So yeah, first thing they got a chance to do, they they just open hell wide open. <laughs> they did, to be sure, right? right? So with that being said, he knew that at some point he was going to have to introduce a reprieve, and that's where Jesus comes in. <laughs> he knew that. He knew that. He it was all right. his. It was all his divine order. Once sin was introduced in the world, based on Adam and Eve, he knew at some point things were going to get so bad that he had to make a, a, an escape route <laughs> from the sin that overtook the world. But at the end of the day, we are, look, it's like one of my friends told me a few days ago, she was, she was just having a great, we were having a great discussion on my live feeding about certain things about that thing. And one of the things she really had a great point about is that we no longer live under rules of law. We live, and we live in grace. The New Testament is grace. Jesus is great. And so we, we, we all have that ability to say, okay, look, look, there's some things that's going to be happening naturally to us that yeah, there's going to be some temptations there. And that's where repentance comes in and asking God to look, 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 and ask the case and take it away from me, God, whatever you need to do, work on me. And if he can help you overcome that masturbation demon, then have at it, you know? But if not, 
keep it going and keep repenting. Like can't they say Hail Marys and all that. <laughs> so that's my take on it. <laughs> right. And I agree with you both. Uh, it couldn't be, you know, any more well-worded than what you guys put. And I'm not, you know, questioning my religion or questioning the God that I answer to and that I talk to and that I believe in, but I just want to know, if it if originally it wasn't meant for us to masturbate, why is it so healthy? And I'm not saying it only for your sex life. It, it's really healthy for a man or a woman to masturbate. And, you know, and that just goes into the fact, like, you know, for men, it lowers a man's chance of what it, it lowers a man's risk of prostate cancer if you masturbate regularly over the age of 50. Really? You know, yes. It, that, I just don't understand. And this is where my uh, two years of debate team comes in because I'm willing to, you know, listen and everything, but I have questions. Why is masturbation so freaking healthy? <laughs> is it so damn wrong? You know, and... When it comes to men, I mean, me personally, I feel, and the statistics have shown that men masturbate more than women. Uh, men also, and this is, every every fact that I'm giving you guys is, is statistically proven. More men that masturbate will actually release through masturbation than women. Ejaculate. Because I don't... Yeah, ejaculate. Yeah, more than women. And like I just said, that's the first fact that I'm going to give you guys tonight about masturbation is that if a man masturbates regularly over the age of 50, it reduces his risk of prostate cancer. Mm. So what do you guys feel about that? Well... I'm saying this, guys, if you are masturbating and your wife walks in on it and she's not happy about it, just tell her, look, baby, I don't want to have prostate cancer. And that's I'm just working on me, baby. I'm working on me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for my health, baby. I'm doing it for my health. You, know, you just appreciate it. You just appreciate it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's. It's very, it's very healthy for you guys. You know, sometimes we just might not agree with it, but it's very healthy for you guys. And, you know, also 80% of males have done it by the age of 17 as, a, as opposed to 58% of women. Really? And that's where, you know, it goes back to what I said before, more men masturbate and can ejaculate from masturbation than women. And you guys start a lot earlier than we do, most times. <laughs> yeah. I guess you got to get that train rolling from the get-go, huh? It, well, you know, I, I said this before. Your best friend as a man is your penis. It's your best friend. You're going to be born with him. He's going to be by your side or in front of you uh, <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> Through thick and thin literally through thick and thin uh he's gonna be there for you and then when you die he's gonna go with you so 
He's where your brain resides. Most of your decision you're going to make on your life is going to be because of him. I mean, I'm just being honest. Most of the decisions you make in your life as a male is somehow he his head is somewhere poking in it. So, you know, I mean, from the kind of car we drive, the house we got, the clothes we put on when we go out, he basically has his his paws on our life. So, of course we're going to yank him. You know, of course we're going to grab him. Of course we're going to do all that because it's our best friend and you want to, you know, you want to stay in touch with your best friend. <laughs> so, so, uh, do you know, the whole time you were talking, I know you're supposed to be an active listener and listen to what you're saying. I'm doing that to be sure. But on the other side of me, the whole time you were just saying that I was just thinking about the song from the really great toy from back in our eighties days. My buddy. <laughs> Wherever I go, he goes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You know what it really was talking about. You really know. So let's just exactly. Be that was a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For your actual buddy. Yeah, because he he he's never gonna leave you. He's gonna always be there for you. So, I mean, uh, just as well as you guys can say that, us females can say that as well. I mean, we 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 do more for our best friend, you know, than a lot of guys do. I mean, we gotta trim her, we gotta, or you know, she just might like to be bald sometimes. So we just gotta shave her every once in a while. We, you know, it, we we can also say that too. But still, statistics prove that. I guess you guys are friendlier to your best friends than we are <laughs> when it comes mm-hmm. to masturbation. <laughs> there was a statistic I, I saw where it said that, I forgot, it was some crazy high number where it says, like, oh, well over 50%, maybe in the 60s, of women don't even know what their vagina looks like. That if you showed the average woman a lineup that included their vagina and other vaginas, they couldn't definitively say that it was theirs. Whereas in fact, every man, you it could be no light, you know, Stevie wonder, I bet you can identify his dick. Uh, okay. So, so that's the big difference. And now, now I had a woman one time tell me, well, it's because it pokes out like that and you use the bat. And I'm like, look, uh, there's women that are very in touch with their bodies and they know their vagina. They know, yeah. What did she looks like? Yeah, and all of that's that. That's what I was about to say. Look, that's what I was about to say. I really have a love hate relationship with mine. <laughs> <laughs> a love hate relationship with my vagina. Okay, he is not always my best friend, to be sure. <laughs> okay, she is very mean. You know, on flow. Look, on flow and her go in on me. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest. They go in on me, <laughs> and it's mm. not fair. I don't like her. I don't like her during that time of the month. I just don't. <laughs> I do not like her. <laughs> you know, so, I, you're right. You know, I wonder. Though. I mean, real. T- I mean, and so for me, um, am I intimately connected to my vagina? I think so. I think I really am. I'm not going to tell y'all how intimate. <laughs> but very intimately, look, I have I have become one with her. <laughs> she has a nickname and everything. Again, that's a whole other conversation. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh wow! Oh wow! You know, I, I wonder when you die and 
you go to heaven right before you go into pearly gates i wonder if eve is like in a chair and you could just punch her uh before you <laughs> walk in the gates <laughs> it's like one thing you get let to- me tell you something <laughs> no that's one thing i don't think you can say I have a joke that Eve is, Eve is Satan's bomb bitch. She ain't nowhere near in front of the gate. Let me show Yeah, because she definitely messed up everything. <laughs> that is yeah, funny. She, she messed up a lot for us. Yeah. So. But I'm, I also I also want to get to the fact that uh, going back to the statistics now this is for you know us women fifty three percent of women use toys when going at it but only forty six percent of women report of having an orgasm within the first three minutes of masturbation. Mm. I would think, though, yeah. it would take longer now, than three minutes. I, so. Yeah, I, it, it, it takes longer. And um, I guess it also goes to the fact that the more you know your body, the easier it will be to please yourself. Right. And, I mean, sometimes I'm just, you know, like, I'm not ready yet. I just want to keep going. You know, it feels awesome. I just want to keep going. But then again, now don't get me wrong. I know my body. I know I know her. You know, I know how to please myself as well, and I know how I like to be pleased. But it still does not take me three minutes. Like I'm, it it takes me a little bit longer than three minutes in order to order to in order to satisfy myself. You know, how do you feel about that? Oh, my. This is how in soon I am with her, okay? This is how in soon I am with her. Because she has a nickname, but I don't think y'all are ready for that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a whole conversation. It's a whole, look, it's a whole conversation piece, to be sure. <laughs> so, but I'm just going to call her her. <laughs> okay, I'm so in tune with her. I know exactly when she would be at her highest pinnacle to be able to... Um, reach the climax. I already, already know. I already know when those right. times are. Like, for example, I know that whenever I'm, cl- like, for example, whenever I'm close to having to use the bathroom, I don't know if it's like this for other women, <laughs> and, and listeners, I hope y'all can, y'all, maybe some of y'all can attest to this, is that when it's time for us to be closer to use that bathroom, somehow for me, it makes my clitoris just like, very sometimes it's very sensitive, and if I put a toy on it, it will, it will be very. It will be on its top in about a minute or two. It would not take that long. <laughs> it would not take that long. Okay, I'm just being honest. It's something about that sensation that I haven't given you that bathroom that makes it on the top for me sometimes. <laughs> Another thing that I notice is that sometimes for me, um, I, I need a little visual aid. <laughs> So yeah, I can pull up a little some of my favorite little clips, and yeah, and, and again, and again, that will be within one or two minutes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and sometimes I need an audio aid. <laughs> so yeah, phone bony, absolutely. 
<laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm look. I'm it's, I'm keenly keenly aware of when she can you know have her fun and, and get 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 it popping very quickly. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. She said, "Get it popping." <laughs> she said, "Get it popping very quickly." That's what I'm talking about. So <laughs> that's funny. So, so um, now, g- give me hit me with some more of those facts because I think it's very interesting. You know, uh, some of these statistics. So, what, what else you have? Okay. Well, also for as women. According to Planned Parenthood, masturbation is an effective way to relieve menstrual cramps and muscle tension. Now, um, that it's, it's been proven, but not for me. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I, I don't really get interested in masturbation in the least. Okay, I'm talking about in the bed, double over with a massage pillow, okay? I'm talking about I could be listening to End of the Road over and over again. Because I'm just in bed crying at this one that's just, just in my life. Just end of the Road, oh, but wow. not the romantic version. <laughs> yeah, End of the Road. So, but then, <laughs> after those after them couple of days when Kim Cramp can kind of subside a little bit, for some reason... Yeah, I, I, I get again. It's like, oh my God, where is this? Where is this? Uh, the, the horniness coming from? It just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yes. So, yeah. so it's kind of like it's like a wave for me. It's like a roller coaster ride with my cycle. It's like sometimes right. no, and other times it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so that's just me. <laughs> Right, and also, um, I just want to take it back a little bit about um, Ken Tate speaking on a lot of women not knowing their vaginal areas. Um, and it was also proven that um, earlier this year, Apple mixed an app called Happy Fun Time, which was designed to teach women how to masturbate through a cartoon vulva. Well. And... Yes, yes, I was, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I didn't know, most of these facts that I looked up, I did, I had no clue about, and just, you know, looking this up, it's an interesting fact, I'm sorry, an interesting topic for me, so I was all for it, and I learned a lot, I didn't know there was an app that can teach a woman how to masturbate, and I've actually looked up the app. Uh, it, it's no longer 
available. But that's interesting that they try to, I mean, I don't, me personally, I don't see the difficulty in it. Because <laughs> I think since day one, it, it was always, you know, easy for me to do. And, you know, that also comes with knowing your body. You got to know what to look for. You got to know, you know, how to touch it the right way. But, you know, there are a lot of women out there that just don't know. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say that, Lauren. But there are a lot of women out there that are not so in tune with their bodies and that have have gone sometimes their whole lives <laughs> never really, really, like, tapping into it and being in tune with their bodies, with their vaginas, with their pleasure zone, with their ability to heighten the climax, all these different things that they're very, you know, not versed in because they just haven't had that education. You know, some of us have. Right. Because we met we met the right guy <laughs> that looked that learned some stuff and he taught us some stuff. <laughs> or we met the right corner or oh, oh, something happened. You know, where we learned those things. Or just the masturbation factor can teach us things if we're if we're if we're just letting let, trying to find out more about our body. For me, it's a it's been a right. combination. It's been a combination. It's been all those different factors. It's been certain guys that have told me some things about um, what they gleaned about the female body, and they told me some things to try and do. And I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah. Then it was other things that I had learned, right. just from trial and error and doing my own thing. And then there were times where I saw something on, you know, pornography that helped to enhance certain things and. So yeah, I think it's all. It's, look, if you're looking for the tools to learn, and you fit, and you figure them out and make make it work for you, then yeah, you can take it to a whole nother like level of pleasure. You really can. Right, and um, I don't mean to skip um, facts too fast. And if you guys have any questions, please be sure to um, call in or um, you know type in your opinion. But I also just want to say. Um, in 1994, um, proponents tried to decide whether May 7th or May 28th would be National Masturbation Day, but under pressure from Republicans, Bill Clinton fired U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Jocelyn Elder for suggesting that masturbation should be taught to help prevent AIDS. I, re- I found that one very interesting. I remember Jocelyn Elders. Uh, she was um, very an interesting woman. She, um, you know, she was definitely a free thinker. And, you know, she just didn't want to... You know how, like, there's certain things that you're supposed to say when you're in certain offices and stuff that you're not supposed to? Yeah. She wasn't like that. You know, she was like... I'm going to say what I want to say, and that's just what it is. And She I, must have been a fire sign. She must have been a fire she was born, sign. She was born uh, August the 13th. She was born August the 13th. Um, and she's still alive, too. I knew it, too. Leo. I knew it. <laughs> she's still alive, too. She's uh, 83 years old. I, but um, I, wow. I thought she got... Okay. Well, here's a Leo. She is a Leo. Wonderful. And she got such a uh, a a raw deal, um, 
you know, I think we need to go back. There should be a documentary about that and about her time um, because I thought that she, you know, she was so ahead of her time and that, um, you know, it's so funny that Bill Clinton fired her uh, when we know what he did while he was in office. You know, exactly. so maybe he should have <laughs> masturbated and instead. Before the, record, before the record, Republicans are trying to get him out too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's <keep> <laughs> Well, he should have he should have masturbated instead of some of the things he did while he was in office. <laughs> so, but you know, the whole month of May uh, is masturbation month, and you know what? I don't feel like I I celebrated it. Uh, <laughs> properly. I know I do celebrate it well enough, man. Look, look, I, I'm, I know I do. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm reading this. The heading of this article about it. It says National Masturbation Month reaches climax on May 28th. <laughs> oh, they had jokes. Me too. <laughs> that is that's great. I love it. I love it. So the month of May, you know, make sure every day you knock one out. And I don't know, maybe afterwards you should say what you're thankful for or something afterwards. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I am thankful. I am thankful for that orgasm. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But let's just be honest. For most of us, uh, National uh, Masturbation Day is every day. (laughs) Yeah, for a lot of us, but you know, I mean, guys, you can't go at it too hard because you know you can fracture your best friend. Yes. Even though, even though statistics do tell you that it's healthy over the age of fifty to masturbate regularly, but you know, you can't go at it too hard because, and I'm talking about you guys that like to do it three, four times a day, every day, like clockwork. Stop it. Because <laughs> you're going to hurt yourself. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, and that, that goes back to my initial point in masturbation. If it's, it's so wrong, but it's so good. You know what I'm saying? And when it goes back to the, the health aspect of it, it also lowers your chance of diabetes and insomnia. Because I'm pretty sure you guys know when you knock a good one out, it's not hard to sleep <laughs> at all. But, you know, there's also, yeah, we, we did name some very good facts and have some very good topics about masturbation, but it can also cause a lot of problems, you know, and with with women, we got to do a little bit extra with the wrist, so you know it can cause carpal tunnel. You guys can fracture your best friend. So, although it is healthy, just try not to go at it too much. <laughs> Hilarious! Hilarious! <laughs> All right. So, um, any any last facts before we uh, say uh, put a wrap the bow around uh, this? I don't know. I think I'm good. I think we discussed a lot, and I think this was a very productive episode. Right. And very informative. 
Yes, yes, yes. I, I learned a lot. And I think I know what every the listeners are going to do once the show's over. It's not what I'm going to do. It's not what I'm going to do. And that's do my live feed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank everybody for uh, participating. And uh, I want to start off with you, Janelle. Uh, Any last words about any of the the topics or anything? Um, I just want to say that it was great being on the show once again, having such a open dialogue on all things <laughs> masturbation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like one of those topics that, you know, just a little taboo. You know, I think the older we're getting, the more generations are coming around, you know. But yeah, it's a little more open, free, you know, conversation. Um, for a lot of us, whether we're liberals or somewhere in the middle, you know, <laughs> conservatives, not so much, obviously. But I just think that, you know, at the end of the day, medical professionals are trying to show the benefits of either a healthy sex life or a healthy masturbation life. And, you know, you just have to look. At the end of the day, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your health. <laughs> and that's all I got to say. <laughs> Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about you, Lauren? Any last words? Uh, yeah. I want to thank you for having me on, you know, yet another episode. Um, both episodes that we have done have been very productive and informative and very, very uh, opinionated. Um, and I'm just thankful for being on a show with two very intellectual people who can agree to disagree and still respect one another. And I thank you for all the listeners that listen in on us and participate with us. And there will be more to come. <laughs> yeah, you know, Kim, look, Kim raised me right. So absolutely, he raised me right. Well, now I can do that. We had that kind of conversation. <laughs> agree to disagree and keep on moving. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Father. <laughs> and as you said, there will be more to come. Pun intended. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll be back uh, very soon. Uh, just keep on a lookout for us. And uh, enjoy your week. Bye.